Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, I was left with more questions than answers. Where do the Falcons turn now? And in case of emergency, break glass. It's all next. Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Hitting Hard is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. We ask you to head over to YouTube.com. Put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser. When you get there, hit that subscribe button. Leave us a comment. We are free and available to download on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your favorites. Roku and Amazon Fire, we are on those platforms as well. And then give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Whoo! So let's see. We heard from Landry Fields yesterday. Um, he had a presser. He was on our midday show. We heard from John Collins. We heard from DeJounte Murray. We heard from Clint Capella. Can I tell you when all of this was said and done? I was left with more questions and answers about everything. And, you know, I had Sam Mitchell on my show, former NBA coach of the year, and he still lives here in Atlanta. And I I love Sam to death. He's a friend of mine, and we used to host together for a long time. And we just had a really good discussion about, you know, the state of where some of these things are. And then I was getting some clarification from the Hawks beat writer for the AJC about some things. So... As to why now, you know, they felt like they needed a new voice and things like that. Okay, so I, I I have this question. Why didn't you fire Nate McMillan on Wednesday? Uh, like after the Nick, because Nate or uh, Landry Fields even said that, yeah, we definitely put some importance on it. It wasn't the whole reason why we fired Nate, but certainly the Charlotte game and the New York Knicks game. Well, if you know you're going to fire Nate after the Knicks game, why don't you just do it that Wednesday night? So that's part of it, okay? Now, here's the bigger question, okay? Because Landry Fields said that, well, you know, he didn't talk directly to me about resigning, Nate McMillan, didn't talk directly to me about, well, but Nate McMillan had to have a press conference in front of the media to say that, no, I'm not retiring, right? So obviously the story was out there that he was going to retire. Why didn't you just accept his resignation then? Why didn't you just, I, and again, maybe Landry, I, I guarantee you he talked to Tony Wrestler. I guarantee you that Tony Wrestler talked him back into coaching this team and, and, and going through the season. And again, then it got to a point where, okay, we need a new voice. In the, room. the timing of this, as I said, is just crazy. I, I, I don't really understand the timing of this. Then the player started talking. And Clint Capella talked about personal responsibility. DeJounte Murray talked about we could be better. John Collins had a couple of comments that, you know, one was the, you know, it's on us and things like that. Well, then why didn't you play better for your coach? Why do you wait until after your coach is fired to all of a sudden have this epiphany that you need to play better? Like, again, when I hear these things, it's just... 
well, you know, we got to be better. Then why weren't you better? If you know you got to be better, whether rather than waiting till your coach is fired to talk about all of this, why don't you play better? Everybody, why don't y'all play better? So that's the first thing. And then John Collins made a comment about Nate McMillan that maybe his message was better for an older team, that his message is more for a more veteran, a more older team. Okay. Now, hang on a second here. Collins is in his sixth year in the NBA or sixth or seventh year. Trey's in his sixth year in the NBA. DeJounte Murray's in his sixth year in the NBA. How young is this team, first off? And second of all, why was that not a problem two years ago when you were making an Eastern Conference Finals run? Like, it wasn't a decade ago. It wasn't 20 years ago. It wasn't in this mythical past. It was two years ago. How could the message have just been so different from two years ago to what it was here in the last few months? That And, and I talked to Sam Mitchell about this. That's a lot of excuse making. That That's a lot of excuse making. But uh, again, Nate McMillan isn't here anymore. Um, then we had Landry Fields on our midday show, and he was talking about some different things. But one of the questions that was asked of him was, is Trey Young going to have any influence in this hire? And he was quick to say, just no. Okay. Now, look, the reality, okay, you probably have some conversations with Nate about direction and different things like that. Not probably about specific candidates and stuff like that. But one of the things that Sam Mitchell said to me last night that I think is very true is that players have to stay in their lane. The front office has to stay in their lane. And, and the two things can't cross like this. They have to both stay in their lane. And I believe that uh, you can't, even though Trey Young is a superstar player and he makes the super max money and all this kind of stuff, you can't get derailed by what Trey Young wants because that may not be what is best for the franchise. And one of the things that Sam said to me was, if you have a player in your locker room that is having influence with the front office, what are the other 12 guys looking at as far as, well, wait a second, why? Why are we listening to everything that he has to say? We already know John Collins and Trey Young don't get along and they have different offensive philosophies and stuff. We, we've known that for a few years now. So it's not like that they're hanging out together and they have disputes about, you know, the, the philosophy about the offensive style of this team and everything like that. So you can't have a guy that has influence over what your ownership was. And let me be honest with you. This is still, and I keep saying this, this is going to be Tony Wrestler's decision, okay? Yeah, Landry Fields is going to be, and Kyle Korver, and all that good kind of stuff. If Tony Wrestler doesn't want the guy, Tony Wrestler ain't going to hire him. And, and one of the other things that Landry Fields said yesterday was talking about one of the things that we want is high-character guys, and high character people and all this kind of stuff and our coach and everything like that. So I guess that rules out Imi Adoka because 
Udoka wasn't suspended because he cheated on his wife. You know that, right? Or maybe you don't. You just put that narrative out there because I saw that narrative out there. Well, all he did was cheat on his wife. No, no, it, that wasn't why. It, you don't get suspended for a year from for cheating on your wife. No, no, there was inappropriate things that happened and probably a lot deeper, darker things than what we know about. So does that mean he's automatically out? Because you can't tell me about high character and all this kind of stuff and then bring him into your organization. I'm not saying that I don't want him as a coach. I'm just saying that you can't have one message and then go and do the opposite. Right? Or then nobody believes you. Then nobody believes what your message is. And again, I don't really care who they hire as a coach. Odoka. Quinn Snyder. We're hearing the talk now that Quinn Snyder, you know, is the front runner. Yeah, because he's he, he's a big name hire, which is what Tony Wrestler wants, and he's available. Okay. But this left me with more questions than answers when everybody started speaking. And it really made me scratch my head because I'm going through my Rolodex and just saying, well, why? Why didn't we accept his resignation? Why didn't you fire him on Wednesday? Why are we just now saying, you know, that the that, you know, why are we just now realizing that the players themselves are saying we have to be on and on and on and on. So, frankly, by the time it was all said and done with Landry Fields presser, Landry Fields on our midday show, the three players that spoke yesterday, by the way, Trey Young didn't speak today. Supposedly he's going to speak today with the media. With all of those things going on, it still just left me with more questions and answers. And always remember what Rowdy Roddy Piper said. Just when you think you have the answers, I change the questions. All right, let's talk about our friends over at FanDuel. Listen, we're through the All-Star break, and we're about to crank the season back up. FanDuel's America's number one sports book, and they got a deal for you right now. Get the no-sweat first bet where you can get as much as $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Now, FanDuel is a super easy to use, safe, secure, easy app. You can bet on everything from money lines to point scores to prop bets to everything in between. And with FanDuel, you can even have a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So claim your no sweat first bet to get up to as much as $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N to learn more, but your no-sweat first bet can get you as much as $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. So... One of the things that happened yesterday in the Atlanta Falcons world is that it looks like Deron Payne is going to be franchise tagged. Well, duh. I mean, why would why would the commanders just let him walk out the door? Why would they allow him to be a free agent as a double-digit sack guy on the interior defensive line? So here's the thing. So he's not going to be available, okay? Javon Hargrave is another guy who I... I Absolutely covered. I would love to have him here. But why would either Philadelphia let him go? Why would they not franchise tag him or let him walk out the door? And then why would he leave a Super Bowl team that was on the 
cusp of winning the Super Bowl to go to a franchise that doesn't even make the play. I hadn't made the playoffs for five straight years. It's not that I don't want him, but why would he choose the Falcons to come play? And, and when it comes to a Javon Hargrave, okay, everybody can find money. When, when, when you target a guy, you can be in the most cap purgatory. Remember when the Saints were all cap purgatory and, and they didn't have any money, and then they signed Jarvis Landry and Honey Badger at the very end of the uh, preseason and all that stuff. They, they brought them in like right in the nick of time to be on the active roster. Remember when they signed those two guys who didn't play for fish heads and rice? You can always find money with those guys. And if it's a Javon Hargrave, why would he go from a Super Bowl, potential Super Bowl champion team to, yeah, I want to be part of something that hadn't made the playoffs in five years, and I don't know really know what the direction is. I, I, I don't know why a player would do that because everybody can pay him the same money. Everybody's going to pay him a whole bunch of money. So if he comes off the table, so if he's not available, and I don't even know why Philadelphia would let him go, well, let's say he's not available. We know Deron Payne's not going to be, be available. Then where do the Falcons go? Well, we can sign a $13 million safety. Huh? What? What? You know the guy, Jesse Bates, that made $13 million last year and his agent says he's looking for a bump? He's looking for a bump in his salary? What? Here's the thing. And I talked about this weeks ago. Okay? And and this may be, look, you can have all the money in the world, but players have to want to come play for your organization because everybody at some point has money. Everybody can find money in the NFL. So there's never an issue about this guy can't get enough money from this team or whatever, okay? This is probably reality, and, and this may sting a little bit, okay? But when it comes to the Falcons, all right, and fixing that defensive line, okay? It may have to be the Justin Houstons and the Ngakwes and people like that, that you don't land, because I don't want Marcus Davenport in his, do you know Marcus Davenport had half a sack more than I did? Mark Marcus Davenport had half a sack more than I did. What is he, Stephen Means? So if these top guys are not available, and I don't think a lot of these guys are. We talked about, you know, look, Fields, Lamar, they're going to be with their teams next year. Deron Payne's going to be with the Commanders. Most likely, Javon Hargrave is going to be with the Eagles, or he's going to go to a Super Bowl contender because why would he take such a big step backward? So reality is, okay, Ebikady on one side, the number eight draft pick on the other side, you have a rotation of Justin Houston or Ngakwe and maybe a Lorenzo Carter. Maybe you pick between Houston and Ngakwe, and then you have Lorenzo Carter that you sign back. I'll still take that over what we've done over the last year or two. I'll still take that. Knowing that I need Ebicady to step up, knowing that I need my number eight draft pick to be a player, knowing that I can have a rotational guy in Lorenzo Carter that's been here and can do some good things. Knowing that I have a rotational guy in a Justin Houston or an Ngakwe that can do some good things. Both those guys had nine and a half sacks last year. They would have led the Falcons by far. By far, they would have led the Falcons. Either one of those guys 
would have led the Falcons by far. So we can talk about having all this money and different things like that, but the reality is probably going to be that you're going to have to go a different route. And, and I'm not talking $13 million safeties and things like that. When I've just spent draft capital two of the last three years to find my starting safeties. And oh, by the way, you know that guy, Jerry Gray, that they brought in to, to be, you know, uh, uh, the co, uh, I don't know, whatever it is, assistant head coach, and, and, and he'll be defensive backs coach. Remember him that they brought in? And in 2010, remember way back, a lot of you may not even been around in 2010, but in 2010, he was the defensive backs coach for the Seattle Seahawks. And he had two rookies that he coached, Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor. How'd they turn out? Well, Cam Chancellor was a first round pick. No, no, he wasn't. He was a fifth round pick. Okay. He, he was, he wasn't picked as high as Jalen Hawkins was. All right. So. Why would I spend $13 million on a safety when I just drafted a second round safety and a fourth round safety that are my starters? I, I, this blows my mind. But anyway, so reality is you probably not. And look, you may find a guy to go with Grady and take one Graham, but it's becoming less and less likely that these teams that have these outstanding players are just going to let them walk on out the door. Oh, yeah. Deron Payne is off the market. That and, and this is why we've talked about some under-the-radar guys, the Melvin Ingrams and the Justin Houstons and Gakwe. You may have to go that route. You won't overspend on them, but that may be the route that you have to go. And I'm okay with that as long as we start Ebicady 17 games, make the number eight pick uh, a defensive end, and we sign those guys to be rotational guys. I'm okay with all of that. Because if those top-tier free agents are not going to be available, then you better get more creative in what you do. All right, after you make Hitting Heart with John Chuck for your first listen every day, make sure you make Locked On Sports today your second listen. Biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available Spotify, Odyssey, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts from. So I, I, I kind of titled this segment, In Case of Emergency, Break Glass. Now, I've said on the show here that my first thought is to re-sign Caleb McGarry, okay? I'm not franchising Caleb McGarry. That's ridiculous to give him $18.3 million that just puts your net, that number right on the cap. By the way, too, did you see that Hawkins and Michael Walker are going to eat up $5 million of cap space next year, okay, because of their performance, their, their personal performance or whatever, the PPE thing that kicks in. So because of how much they played and stuff like that, there's going to be, I think it's I think it's Hawkins, uh, Michael Walker, and there's one other player, but it's going to eat up $5 million, okay, of the cap next year. So they're getting a boost from $1 million to $2.7 million, all right? So again, when I talk about this roster and filling out the roster, it's going to eat up a bunch of your cap space. But one of the things is this. If Kayla McGarry, I don't want him on the franchise tag, but if he can't sign a long-term extension, okay, 
And if Bill Barnwell's right for uh, uh, five for or um, uh, what is it? Five for or four for 50. Okay. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with four for 50. I'll give him that kind of money. Twelve and a half million dollars for a good right tackle. I'm 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 down with okay, but if the Falcons can't work out a deal with McGarry, okay, I would give Taylor Lewan a shot on a one year kind of prove it deal. Okay, now look, we go back in time, way back in time, right? It was Taylor Lewan, Jake Matthews, and Greg Robinson, right? Those were the three big offensive linemen that were coming into the NFL draft, right? And a lot of people said at the time, Taylor Lewan should have been the picker, this, that, and the other. Now, Taylor Lewan is a beat-up, banged-up player, and he's an older guy, okay? But if I can't get McGarry on a deal, then I should have a backup plan of a Taylor Lewan. Now, look. Can Taylor Lewan play right tackle? If you can play left tackle in the NFL and his experience, he can play right tackle in the NFL, okay? And it wouldn't be on a long-term deal for five years. It wouldn't be for big-time money and different things like that. I think he made $16 million last year or whatever like that. But if I could get him on a – you probably sign him for two years to make your cap you know, to, to manipulate the cap and stuff like that to where for his first year, I, I can, I can not pay him much money against the cap, but he can prove to me about whether it's like what Marcus Mariota, right? You know, his number was like 5 million on the cap last year, but it's 12 million this year. So you can walk away from that and, and save all that money on the cap, right? And that's what the Falcons are going to do. They're going to cut Mariota and they're going to save 12 million. They're going to add 12 million to their cap when all is said and done, right? You could do the same thing with the Taylor Lewan. Now that's if, that's a big if, we can't get something worked out with McGarry. Because my first thought and my first inclination is I want to do something with McGarry. And I don't mind bringing him back here. But I'm not going to get ridiculous. I'm not going to franchise him. I'm not going to pay him $18 million a year. I'm not going to get into those waters for a guy that's still one good, three bad years. 25% of his career has been good. That's not enough. If he had had two or three good years and one stinky year, that, then I might, I might be willing to break the bank for him. But I still don't know if I can trust Kayla McGarry. I still don't know what I'm getting. I know he can block and he can run block and things like that, but can he pass block? If they open up their offense more, can I count on him to be my right tackle that can protect? Because he couldn't do it for Matt Ryan. Couldn't block for Matt Ryan because they were a pass-heavy pass heavy team, pass-first offense. And we probably won't be that kind of offense, but we certainly will probably transition into we're the only team in the NFL that was more run than pass. We were literally the only team that had an above 50% percentage of play calls that were run. And as Patterson gets older and things like that, and listen, even with Tyler Algier back there, Tyler Algier is not an 1,800-yard running back. He's probably in that 1,000 to 1,200 kind of range. So you still are run heavy, but 
you start to balance things out with the pass. Okay. Can McGarry hold up? Can McGarry block on the outside there? Because it's that's always been his thing. When he gets you locked up, he can move you where he wants to. So if I'm the Falcons, and we know obviously Taylor Lewan was part, you know, was with Arthur Smith in Tennessee. He coached him up, right? He he when when he was the offensive line coordinator, then got promoted to DC and all or sorry, OC and all that stuff, right? He was there with Arthur Smith. I wouldn't mind that as a in case of emergency break glass solution to our right tackle spot. I, I wouldn't mind that at all. I, I'm again, I'm not overpaying him. I'm putting him on a one year kind of show. And even if that costs you $12 million. Yeah. That's, that's the going price for, you know, competent tackles. Now is obviously his big problem is he's got multiple ACL injuries. He's, he's missed a crap ton of games over the, I think he's missed like 30 games the last three years. So He's not a guy that's as durable, so you better have somebody who can be a backup. You better have somebody who can be a swing tackle, as we say in the NFL. Better have somebody that can back him up because more than likely, now that he's a little bit older, he probably is not going to hold up as well. But I could certainly buy into, in case of emergency break glass, if we can't get a deal worked out with Caleb McGarry, then I'll bring in a Taylor Lewan. Only on that circumstance would I bring him in. I would thank you so much for making Hit and Hard with John Chuck for your first listen every day. Make sure you check out Locked On Sports today, and it's your second listen. Biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available Odyssey, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. We ask you to head over to YouTube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser, when you get there, hit that subscribe button, leave us a comment. We are free and available to download on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your favorites from, download us for free there today. Roku and Amazon Fire, that's two more ways that you can check us out on some alternative platforms. And then give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. We'll wrap up the week tomorrow. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. 